You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is June 14th, 2022. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa and NYC Demon Diva Issa tonight. NXT 2.0, a show I did not realize was pre-taped along with next week's until about 10 minutes in. And then it was like, oh. Nothing notable happens, or else yeah. I would have heard about it ahead of time. But we're here, the three of us, the audience. With audience. the three best friends that anybody could have. Three best friends, baby. I, ch- I changed. I used to dress up tonight, Alfred looking sharp as always. I changed before I was wearing this new shirt, and I remembered, ooh, I had this kimono cardigan. I was watching Beverly Beverly Hills Cop the other day because it's on Showtime all the time, followed by Beverly Hills Cop 2 and 3. And Victor Maitland, the art dealer who smuggles drugs in one scene, is wearing like a business kimono. I'm like, what is that, like a fancy bathrobe? No, a business kimono. And I was like, they make such things? And I learned about the kimono cardigan and promptly ordered one. I own a couple of kimono cardigans, Glenn. Welcome to the family. These are are the most comfortable shirts. They're amazing. I I don't own any. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, and you kind of feel like a Jedi wearing one because it's a little bit like a Jedi, like Jedi yeah. casual wear. It's I can pretty dope. We'll yeah, get you yeah, a little cardigan, uh, Issa. We'll definitely get yeah. you. Got to make it okay. happen. Yeah, but I, gotta, I can't I guarantee get... that I wear it, but I'll try my best. We'll get one for Roman too. Ah, yeah. okay, great. We'll match. We'll match. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know all that Victor Maitland cosplay. I'm gonna get a bunch of coffee grounds and use it to <laughs> smuggle cocaine. Uh, so let's talk about the news before we hop into the NXT 2.0. Let's get into it. Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy, and more Jeff Hardy. A lot of news came out today. Of course, Jeff Hardy was arrested on suspicion of DUI Monday, blowing 3.7 times the legal limit. Today, dash cam footage was released, which pretty alarming. It showed three police officers in Volusia County, Florida, pulling up on Jeff Hardy and drawing their firearms on Hardy as he hesitated to get out of his car. And he did admit that he had drank fireball shots. Uh, so a very disturbing footage with the TMZ dash cam footage. Also, it was reported that Tony Khan told Warner Media executives to pull all advertising for Jeff Hardy as he was advertised to compete tomorrow on AEW Dynamite in a triple threat ladder match for the tag titles. And then later on, it was officially announced from Tony Twitterfingers himself that Jeff Hardy has been suspended without pay and that AEW will hopefully be working for him uh to go to rehab which is uh, kind of laughable at this point but jeff uh tony khan's full statement as i pull this up uh yeah i'll read the statement but before we get to the statement uh isa what are your thoughts on everything that is developing around jeff hardy yeah um i watched that footage um it was released by tmc sports originally i believe and 
Mm -hmm. It was just sad. It, it, it got me very confused because originally it was reported that he was arrested at 12.30 a.m. And it ended up being 12.30 p.m., which, of course, the first question in my brain was, was this man out drinking all night and morning? Um, in addition to that, if you watch the footage, he's telling the, the police officers that he's headed to North Carolina. Was he planning on driving all the way home under those conditions? And there was four um, I believe reported 911 calls about how recklessly he was driving. And um, it's, I mean, he got very lucky that he didn't hurt himself or other innocent people, you know, in the process of this. Um, it's, it's, it's sad. It's just sad. Like there's, there's nothing else that I can say other than it was just tough to watch. And I mean, I'm glad that he's more open based on what Tony Khan had to say to getting help now because I believe WWE reached out and offered help in the past and, and he refused that. Um, I just want Jeff Hardy to be okay. And if wrestling is something that triggers this kind of behavior, then stop. And with it being his third arrest, you know, DUI arrest in under 10 years, this could also mean jail time. Like, this is scary. It's scary and and it's real life demons that this man is fighting in. You know, it just... I just want the best for him. I want him to get help. But at the same time, we have been very critical of people such as Sony. Sony, like for what she did, she kept going out there, driving on a suspended license and look where that ended up. And we could have the same situation here. We could have had that just the other night with the way he was driving three times over the legal limit. So hopefully he gets the help that he needs. Maybe this is a wake up call. And if it's not, then maybe wrestling is not the thing for him. Yeah, before we get to you, Glenn, I'm going to read the statement real quick from Tony oh, Khan. Yeah, he said on Twitter, quote, we were able to resume contact with Jeff Hardy this afternoon. AEW does not condone Jeff's alleged behavior. We've made it clear to Jeff that we'll assist him in getting treatment for substance abuse issues, which is indicated that he's open to receiving. In the interim, he is suspended without pay, and he can only return to AEW upon successfully completing treatment and maintaining his sobriety. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to Sam S-A-M-H-S-A-S -S -S -S, uh, National Helpline 1-800-662-HELP It's a um, substance abuse hotline, Glenn No, look, I have massive amounts of uh, empathy and sympathy for those suffering from addiction um, I do believe it is a disease I do believe it is something greater than most people can control but when your addiction makes you a danger to other people um, I think Jeff has used up his uh, uh, his passes at this point. And um, if he's not going to get better, he needs to remove himself from situations like driving and operating a motor vehicle under the influence where he can harm other people. Yes, 100%. And I hope that in addition to, pro to Jeff Hardy, I hope the pro wrestling business gets the help it needs uh, in curing its addiction to Jeff Hardy because he will not be able to uh, help himself in terms of getting all these opportunities. He will continue to get opportunities if he is, in fact, released from AEW, which I think is exactly what should have happened. I'm not looking forward to any type of return. And your guys' points about how dangerous he is in terms of somebody who gets behind the wheel um, in these situations and clearly is in this industry where it seems to be very easy for Jeff Hardy to fall into these patterns. He shouldn't have anything to do with pro wrestling. Tony Khan should not should be you know seeking counseling for Jeff Hardy, but in no way do I think he should return. 
And I think Tony Khan and Vince McMahon and Court Bauer and any promoter in America needs to go to these rehab classes to learn the dangers of being addicted to Jeff Hardy because they need to part ways. This industry needs to part ways with Jeff Hardy because it's just not working out. And I, being cynical, don't think that a man in his 40s is going to turn this thing around. I want the best for Jeff Hardy. And what's best for him is probably not to be anywhere near wrestling, but these carny promoters are not going to help themselves. And there's so many questions to be asked in regards to this entire thing. Like, first of all, I see people in the chat mentioning it. He still had a physical license, even though it was suspended, but he was able to rent cars using that license. So it's just like our rental car companies, like probably getting a better system because how were they not aware? Like this man has been renting cars apparently forever, you know, under this suspended or canceled license. I, I'm not sure what that is. Luckily, I don't ever get behind the wheel when I decide to get drunk. And in addition to that, he told the police officers that he was like getting a brain scan for brain mm -hmm. injuries. And I'm not too sure if this was like, I don't know, something that he was saying because of the situation or if this is a real thing. I was doing a wash along last week when the ladder match was announced. And I remember thinking to myself, I was already concerned before any of this, just because of what we knew he went through at Double or Nothing. We know he was banged up from that match with Darby Allen. I would assume this man is probably in pain 24-7 from what he's put his body through. And, you know, if you can't take certain kind of medications for that pain, are you finding a different outlet to deal with this pain? Like, there is just a lot of things to just, like, really think about. And, and you know, maybe wrestling is not healthy for Jeff Hardy anymore. I don't know, but it's something that is a conversation that needs to happen. And I think that much like the music industry, the, the film industry, all forms of entertainment, professional wrestling and the entertainment industry needs to stop enabling addicts um, because sometimes the only thing an addict understands is consequences. And I think that, I mean, you know, whether it's uh, Hardy and I, I don't want to sit here and do hall of shame for, for other people in the industry that have been dealing with this, but these companies need to start saying, so what we've announced a match. So what we've got a storyline plan, like we need to, take drastic action to hopefully provide a wake-up call that their uh, harmful behavior doesn't fly here. Yeah, 100%. But AEW was the opposite of that message. I mean, it, I think it was very underreported in that Jeff Hardy, when he left WWE, we all had to play along with this game that, oh, no, he passed the drug test. Yeah, and but I don't that, know what that's happened. my point. We don't know what happened. We really don't know what happened. It's not fair to speculate. Uh, well, it is fair to speculate, but it's not fair to just say that he was drunk or whatnot. But from my eyes, with the history he has and the fact that he does not have the benefit of the doubt from me, he looked fucked up that last night in WWE. He looked messed up, and that's what I think was happening based on the history he has. He was literally showing up in AEW the day his contract expired. Literally, the second it expired, they scooped him right out. There was no waiting period. There was nothing. The fact yeah. that Jeff Hardy's popular is more valuable to these wrestling carny promoters than his own health, and they need to save themselves from themselves and not have Jeff Hardy around here because it's just not working. Yeah, that's what I felt these, um, the footage. I, I tweeted that I, I could have gone on without seeing it because personally for me, somebody that roots for the guy, it was just such a rude awakening of, do you, do you care? You know, and, and I love what Glenn says in regards to enablers. I got a lot of weird DMs yesterday because I tweeted, it's like, I feel like there's way too many people enabling this behavior from him. Because why are some people booking flights, but you're allowing him to drive? You know that he's driving while he has a suspended license. You know that he's still drinking. Like, 
there's just there's just a lot and i just want him to be healthy and stay away from behaviors from from activities that might trigger this behavior from him and if this is one of them you know if wrestling is one of them jeff hardy has nothing else to prove you know in regards to the wrestling world and what he can do he has nothing else to prove and again he could be facing jail time like he might be gone whether we want him to be gone or not because he could be you know, either going to jail or possibly maybe with a good lawyer, house arrest and probation, probation would limit where he can travel to. Like this is, this is serious right now. This, this, you know, this could be the end. And yeah, I mean, look, I could talk about this for an entire show, but, uh, but yeah, I think that if you are hiring someone who has a history of, of uh, addiction even if they seem better, I think you need to be extra cautious and watch for not only a relapse, but situations like figure out, are you putting them in situations that are going to make them more prone to relapse? And I think that's where AEW perhaps shares a little bit of blame here. Well, the situation that Hardy's in, in terms of his relapse, if you kind of follow the pattern, every human being is capable of self-sabotage. We all do this sure, to a degree absolutely. where when we receive love or when we are in our big moments, it's that old Denzel quote, be careful in your biggest moment, that's when the devil comes for you. There's a science behind that, that we are all only capable of receiving so much love before we just self-sabotage. And we all have different forms of it. Jeff Hardy's form of self-sabotage is drugs and alcohol, unfortunately. And if you look at the pattern in 2008, I don't think there's been any hotter baby face than Jeff Hardy in 2008. He was piping hot. He was in line to get money in the bank. He relapsed then. Uh, the big ladder match that he was having this Wednesday, it was going to be a big time title match, kind of tells me that, that Hardys might have been in line to win those titles. Relapse. Mm. Uh, he came back to huge pop. I was in the building for Olayna at WrestleMania. They had this huge pop that I've ever seen. Hardys are back. A couple weeks later, rebounds. Victory Road, main event against Sting. We all know what happened there. And then Double or Nothing, I know there was whispers and stuff like that, but just go look at him on a panel on Double or Nothing. Again, no benefit of the doubt for me. And that was his first big pay-per-view match, and it seems like he's going through that. So the situation is that when Jeff Hardy seems to be in these big moments, I don't think he can handle that pressure. I think that might be the situation, and that's one of the many reasons I think he should have nothing to do with this business. Well, and and again, like, you know, people who suffer uh, from addiction, I mean, they are victims, but the second you put yourself in a situation to potentially harm other people, you become a victimizer and a threat. And I think that's really where the line was crossed here. So I hope that when he finds himself in these situations, there has to be a way. He has to have a support system. There is something has to be done to keep him from getting behind the wheel because it's only a matter of time until, you know, his uh, issues affect other people in permanent ways. We are in the Russian roulette phase of Jeff Hardy's career because all these carny promoters will continue to take chances and they're all lucky that no, he hasn't taken anybody with him. And one of these days, if, if it happens again, they just need to pray that he something doesn't happen fatally to him or anybody. Because you talk about these Warner Media executives, that's not going to look good on AEW. It already doesn't. They've already had the situation where MJF, where they had to tell these Warner people to pull advertising. And that was kind of a work. Well, now we're doing this with Jeff Hardy. So not the best first impression for these new executives uh, with this national news story now on Jeff Hardy, one of the wrestlers. And by the way, I'll say this to any promotion out there. Like if you're hiring someone who's gotten, let's say more than one DUI, We'll, 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 we'll be generous and say the first one, maybe it was an honest mistake. If they got more than one DUI, what is the cost uh, to get them an annual driver? 
what I mean, what is that? Seventy five thousand a year? You could probably do that and like and like a decent car. Yeah, probably like rent lease a car. Yeah. Like AEW should do that for Hardy. WWE's probably got some people on their roster. Maybe a Hall of Famer or two. They should look into that. Uh, I mean, let's at least take harming other people off the table and then yes. give them an environment to focus on uh, healing their issues. Yeah, and in addition to that, if you look at this footage, they, they, the cops walk up to him with the guns drawn already, which I can only imagine how he must have been driving, but the, for the cops to be already petrified by, by what they were getting into, what kind of situation are we getting into? Four 911 calls about how recklessly this Dodge Charger was driving, three cops with guns, like firearms, drawn out. Does, do you not wonder how how was this man behaving on the roads for the cops to completely take that approach? Because I've seen people get pulled over, you know, and, 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 and have to go through the sobriety test and you don't see the cops being ready to take action right away. So it just really makes you wonder. You can see him struggling to even put the car in park. Like this could have been a lot worse than what it ended up being. Yes, what else? What else we got going on? Because I'm going to talk about this all night. I'm yeah, gonna, well, that's I got, right. no, all, all of our news uh, focus on D Jeff Hardy. So those news stories and updates, just uh, the updates on Jeff Hardy. So you know that's mostly what dominated the headlines today. Um, <laughs> we need a palate cleanser. We need something. Yeah. Something happy. Uh, do we I have got you. I, I got you. I got you. Are you ready? I got. I got something wholesome for you. Okay. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Hey, a couple of bubbles. Look at that. Yeah, that, this makes everything better. Very good, clean fun there that we're having on this podcast. I like that. You're welcome. <sighs> Can't believe NXT was taped tonight. I like seriously would not have watched the show tonight if I'd known it was taped. I didn't taped realize I didn't it was pre-taped. Yeah, I didn't know it was pre-taped until I saw two dimes because we know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's you know, we, know, we know what we know. <laughs> so oh, do we want to talk about I that? I was relieved. Yeah, I'm glad the Jeff Hardy thing. I'm not going to make a joke and say, like, another sad news no. Because, like, okay, let's talk kayfabe now. And kayfabe, uh, some some upsetting kayfabe upsetting news. Uh, two Dimes has been released by WWE and told, give it a year, you, we'll probably bring you back, which is interesting. Yeah, what happened? Have we heard yeah. anything about what's going on with Two Dimes or what was behind this? I'm assuming it was one of those infractions that, isn't a red line maybe i mean i don't i don't want to speculate because we don't know but look i think if we look at reaction to things and why people get released we have seen the actions that have permanent consequences versus things that have a temporary slap on the wrist this seems like it might, might be more the latter but uh adding further uh, uh strain on the d'angelo family the greatest of all time tony d'angelo was injured at an angsty live event over yeah. the weekend Yes, it's arm yeah. They say it's not serious, which is good. Yeah, oh, that's God. what I heard as well. That's what I heard as well. But going back to two dimes situation, honestly, I mean, he just got a Rolex. So what if he sold it and realized, hey, I'm set for a couple of months. You know, I can take some time off. Like, that's how they need to write him off, that he stole from the family or it was a Donnie Brasco situation. He was wearing a wire and Tony had to whack him. But isn't that what one if, brand for wait, two dimes to not say what it is he did? Because you, you, don't, you can't talk about the mob. You can't discuss those family matters. No, hear me out. What if the Rolexes were fake? And he got caught trying to sell a fake Rolex. And he ended up getting arrested. And that's the policy that he violated. Oh, there you go. 
I grew up watching TV and movies thinking every time I, I couldn't walk down the street in a big city without someone trying to sell me a fake Rolex. And in 46 years, that has never happened. That's all I want to happen. Wait, you've never been you've never been approached with a fake Rolex? No, and it got to be someone that oh opens my God. their you jacket. Haven't, you haven't lived. The, you, that has all the you Rolexes haven't lived, inside their jacket. You haven't lived. Come on. I've never seen the jacket guy either. I've been approached with a fake Rolex, but I too want to be approached with a guy with a jacket and the whole shebang. I would buy a Rolex from a guy if Absolutely. he had a jacket. That's the preparation that I want in my business. Man. Now, I've looked online. There are some nice fake Rolexes out there, and they're not that expensive. Yeah. yeah you know. Are you trying to say you're going to buy a fake Rolex? Glenn, don't I, do I might. Please don't. But no, don't. Don't. We should have fake Rolex night on this podcast. Come on. Why not? If Tony Bianchelo wins the, the NXT Championship, everybody gets fake Rolexes. I'm sending it okay, to your house. Okay, I'm down. I'm down. If where, Tony where are we getting it from? Though? Not if. No, not if. When. When, when? Tony D'Angelo becomes NXT Champion, we are all going to talk in the Tony D'Angelo voice for the entire <laughs> podcast wearing our fake Rolexes. I can't do an Rolexes. accent. I already have an accent. You can do that an accent on top of an accent. Better. Well, yeah, that'll make it even better. But uh, So enjoy tonight and next week. The last we're going to see of this golden era of uh, Tony D'Angelo with both stacks and two dimes uh, recently released from NXT. These are a, a time capsule. He will be missed. Yeah. One year, will free he, two dimes. Will he be missed though? Like, yeah, I'll make sure. I actually thought tonight, tonight I kind of like two dimes. I have to say tonight was the first time that I was like, this is kind of working for me. I still couldn't tell I didn't part. like it. We'll get into it. I didn't like the segment, honestly. Okay, so... Oh, how did it go with the, the tornado last night uh, infiltrating Monday Night Raw? Well, the tornado, if you saw, there were tornado siren warnings in Chicago, so they knew about it. And also, First, Raw in Wichita had the lowest attendance. I think, Yes, people were scared. People, people knew. Were, yeah, they, people knew the you tornado was coming. You stole that from me, Alfred. No, no, no. I as soon as me. I saw that, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I was me like, well, of course they're going to leave. Because people don't want that tornado smoke. I was thinking about tornado all day yesterday. And all these headlines the threat, confirmed The threat it. levels were too high for people to show up for Raw. Yeah, 100%. It was at, oh, yeah. I believe he tweeted 9.8. And then that's when, right after WWE tweeted, hey, uh, or not WWE, obviously, WrestleTix tweeted that there was a low attendance. Because nobody wants to be in the middle of that tornado. But shout out to the tornado. He was right there in the flesh. Met Bobby Lashley. Sent me some exclusive uh, photos of him and Bobby Lashley chilling out. The tornado is known. Those wrestlers respect him. Oh, yeah. So we open tonight with Creed taking on Idris Nofe and Malik Blade retaining still the NXT Tag Team Champions. Alfred, what did you think of this match? That was a good opener. The Creed brothers are getting better. I love that they're doing something with uh, Nofe and Blade. I like them together. And I like even what they did later on that kind of reminded me of the Carlito Ric Flair type segment. But this was fine. I thought it was a good opener. Issa? I thought it was a fun match. I thought it got a lot of time, a lot of time yeah. for a team that we are not invested in and we don't know a lot about yet. You know, if you're watching NXT every Wednesday, every Tuesday, sorry, it's like, who are these guys and why are they automatically getting a title shot? But the match itself and the in-ring, it was fun. Was I invested? No, because I knew nothing about this other tactic. Yeah, and I didn't expect before. them to win either. Um, they, they used to have vignettes. They haven't really had any vignettes in a while or fun backstage segments. There's that great one with them in the mirror. Yeah, that was amazing. The cool runnings. They yeah. should do more like that. They're very funny. They're very good at being funny within the confines of WWE to where it is legitimately funny. 
Yeah, uh, but Creed won still tag team champions. Then Tiffany Stratton versus Fallon Henley out there with Briggs and Jensen. Fallon Henley getting the win. Um, Issa, what'd you think of this? Why did Fallon Henley get the win here? This 50-50, like Tiffany Stratton just suffered a loss, and I think she's looking so much better in the ring. Like, I guarantee you her daddy is not going to – give her her credit card after these two losses in a row. I'm concerned for her shopping habits. Well, and Wendy Chu came down and like, I can't threw I can't confetti stop. in Tiffany's face. <laughs> okay, Why so did was... she act like it was acid? Yeah. She it's confetti. <laughs> Maybe it was acid. We don't know what was in there. Maybe she Wendy did. Chu just wanted to celebrate pride with colorful confetti. Yeah. <laughs> and it distracted Tiffany Strand. You know, stupid, there's all kinds stupid. of colors in NXT. I didn't think this was a, a very good match. I did think that Tiffany Stratton was good in the match, though. I thought she, she's, yeah. I mean, she's getting really good tonight. She's starting to break out a lot of these athletic gymnast moves. I thought she was good in here. But that, I was very shocked that she I'm lost. Saying, she shouldn't Alfred, have lost. That's why it bothers me that she's getting, yeah. like, taking L's on the weekly now. When, when I see her in the ring, I can see so much more improvement. I feel like we liked her as a character from Day one, she catch your attention whether you liked or hated the video packages. People were talking about her. But seeing her in the ring, now she's delivering. And when she finally starts looking strong, now you're booking her to lose all the time, which I don't agree with. Yeah. Well, Alfred, what did you think about these Apollo Crews, the Apollo Crews vignette tonight? This was wild. Okay. All right. I liked where how it started, but it's weird because it's that trope where he's looking at some guy being mean to the customer service people. And he's thinking about attacking him because he kind of gets up and he goes and he attacks him. So that's happening in mind. Then he snaps out of it. So now we're in reality. He gets up to go confront the guy and you're thinking something totally different would happen. But then he attacks him anyway. It was it's ridiculous. I've never really seen something like that to where they snap out of what they want to do only to do it anyway. So actually, I'm that was my favorite part of it. That, that was, was my favorite part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that they're doing it. I like, so Apollo apparently is full-time NXT. I'm all for it. I think he should be champion sooner rather than later. I think he's going to thrive in NXT. And I, this, he is now, for, I think the first couple of years he was in WWE, I think he had limitations on the mic and as a character. But he's really grown into that. I think it helped doing that Nigerian character and getting to talk more. And I think him being himself is going to be the best version of Apollo Crews that we've seen. Bear Hudson, $10 super chat saying, let's spice things up. Name your celebrity wrestler crush. If you can only spend 24 to 42 hours with them, what would you do and how would you end that day? Oh, Jesus. Like, Bear, come on. This is going to, this is going to sensational go. sherry. That was my first uh, sensational sherry. Okay. Uh, and what would I do? Well, <laughs> we'd start an OnlyFans together. That's what happened. Uh, it would definitely be Roman Reigns, and I would get down on my knees and acknowledge all 42 hours. <laughs> all 42 hours. All 42 hours. I just want to hang out with Sami Zayn and like talk about books and movies and music. I mean, Glenn, don't be boring. Life. Come on, Glenn. Come on. <laughs> I want to sit and listen to Operation Ivy with Sami Zayn and talk about the book, The Chocolate War. That's all I've wanted for the last six years. Uh, but no, I mean, in the 90s, I had a crush on Lita. I think Lita was oh, part definitely. of it. What got me back into pro wrestling, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, what where, what, what would you do? With yeah, Lita, we go, get, them. go get vegan food, go for like okay. a walk in the park and hang out and probably talk about music and movies and books. Oh, I, I forgot know. to say where. Definitely at the beach. I would acknowledge on my knees at the beach. Would you at least kiss her on the cheek at the end of the night, Glenn? 
Uh, I think that'd be kind of forward. I think Lita would would you know like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push those things. I'm a married man. We had a live sex what? celebration, Glenn. It's okay. <laughs> you know when That's we were younger, when we were younger, we were all wilder. You know, Glenn in his twenties when Lita around that time, like oh look out. But now you know, just saying, like this is not how I think about things. Actually, but I was gonna say, isn't it weird though? When you get older, because as a child, I had so many crushes on actresses and would think about this stuff. And as I get older, it's like you look at people and you just go kind of like, they're attractive. And that's the extent of it. Like, that's the extent of anything that I have commentary on that. But it's weird as a kid, like you fantasize and build things in your head. You know what? I never really was much of a celebrity crush guy because I always just figured, well, it's not like I'm ever going to meet them. Why waste my time on this? And I never really got into celebrities like that. I mean, unless they were on certain websites. But in terms of like mainstream celebrities, I, I couldn't really get into it. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I think as a kid one time, I tried to figure it out. I tried to figure it out. Like I was really into uh, the twins on the show Double Trouble. And I was like eight years old. I was like, now, is there a way I can meet them and potentially date both of them? And I thought about it probably for a good week. And I was like, nope, I got nothing, you know? <laughs> and then I was like, well, this isn't going to work. Was that your first celebrity crush? <sighs> Maybe. Maybe like the first conscious one. I mean, Leah Thompson, Back to the Future. I think every kid of my age sort of had that. Elizabeth Shue and Adventures in Babysitting, you know, like that era. But I don't know. Like, Mine uh, has always been Robin Thede. It's very specific, but Robin Thede always. And she hasn't aged it a day. Still. Robin Thede, everybody. Google Robin Thede, T-H-E-D-E. You'll fall in love just like I did. But, but back off. When I told the story before about how I actually met and sort of hung out with Daniel Fischel from Boy Meets World once, uh, like when she was dating Lance Bass and they were fighting the whole night, which in hindsight, oh, it all makes sense. But she was at a <laughs> concert of mine and we were talking about hip hop and then she was fighting with Lance and I was just like, again, there's no way I could feasibly see this happening. But what's weird is she married another dude that is also a former journalist and a former white rapper. So I, I was closer than I think statistically. How's he a former white rapper? Did he get vitiligo? Well, no, 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 like a former rapper who happens to be white, but it oh, wasn't like white. great. He's still white, still former white. rapper. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. so my criteria, I almost met the criteria apparently, but just bad timing because her and Lance were having a big fight. Wonder what that could have been about given what <laughs> we know now. Um, but she was lovely and delightful in person. And this was like during the last season of Boy Meets World and I had to pretend like I wasn't that familiar with the show. To be like, oh yeah, yeah, you're on the show. I've seen it once or twice flipping the channels. That's how you play it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyhow, uh, that story, much more interesting than tonight's NXT. Yeah. And it had a member of NSYNC in it. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> Actually, uh, I, had a, I had a huge crush on Justin Timberlake, honestly. I like Scary Spice. When Ginger left the Spice Girls, they were dead to me. Wow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, so Wesley versus Ian Quinn. Oh, poor Wesley. Wait, wait, you skipped through the backstage promo with oh, um, Cameron sorry. Grimes and right. Braun Breaker. Yes, the charisma when you get Braun Breaker and Duke Hudson together in a room, but Cameron Grimes <laughs> was there, which was nice. Wait, you didn't see it? I, I as soon as they showed, as soon as they showed Braun Breaker on screen my brain went to eight mile and I was singing, tank top screaming, Bron, I don't fit you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Snoop Dogg just got up 
boob job. Anyways, <laughs> I could not stop thinking about that since I saw him wearing that very ill-fitted tank top. I just wanted to bring that up. Boys, like, how Vanilla Ice gonna diss you? Yes! <laughs> great battle. It was a great battle. You could argue that Lotto won that battle. I, I, M, M, M did no, his thing. no, he didn't. No, he didn't. M did his no, thing, but Lotto had bars in that battle. <laughs> no, Lotto, oh, okay, he did. Actually, I thought Lotto was the best out of everybody that battle. You yeah, know. definitely. Me too. Yeah. yeah. But he didn't win. He didn't win. He didn't win. Yeah, yeah, no. Nobody could beat Eminem in a rap battle. But Lotto came close. That was a good battle from Lotto. And you have to remember that audience, that was their first time hearing Rabbit and like those bars. Like if it was Eminem now, you'd be like, well, yeah, it's Eminem. He's great. But in the in sure. universe, that was a that, I mean, that was kind of choked a week I'll before. Get, I'll get the seven digits from your mother for a dollar tomorrow. Yeah, he killed him with that one. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's what I'm saying. He won. He won. You and I both know it. <laughs> I think about the end freestyles from Eight Mile at least once a week. And I probably watch them at least once a month for the last 20 years. Do you, okay. Have you ever watched the DVD footage where yes. he actually does the battles? Where With the they bonus. Told him, yes. They told him to save his voice because he started to lose his voice. They told him to just pantomime, but he's so competitive. He actually starts getting these guys and it's amazing. Yeah. Incredible. But they, yeah. they cut that whole series out of the film though. The whole like qualifying rounds and whatnot. Yeah. yeah by, they the, ended up cutting it. by the way, it's out there. The original script for eight miles out there and like, a lot of what's in the movie is in there, but a lot of it is a freaking mess. But one thing I love is that yeah. the guy that wrote the original script like didn't even bother to put anything in the freestyle. It's just like Eminem says some really amazing shit right here. Like yeah. says in the screenplay. Yeah. You don't want to necessarily write lyrics. My name is Eminem and I'm here to say. <laughs> he did have for the final rap though, it's like, okay, here's Jimmy putting everything of the last week, like in like he had very good, very good framework for the last rap. Yeah. Which was good. Uh Oh, Jesus. Uh, Bear Hudson. $5. How about this elevator goes <laughs> out? Go. It won't be fixed until the morning and only one female or male wrestler is in there. How would you pass the time? <laughs> I think I could annoy Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn has a reputation for being annoying at people's nerves. I think I could get on Sami's nerves in that case. I would want to be in there with Nikita Lyons and I would have Pogs with me and some Slammers with me. We play with Pogs and Slammers. So Pogs with Nikita Lyons. We can have a discussion about her taste in rap music. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely can. <laughs> um, it will be Robins, and I will get on my knees and acknowledge until they fix the elevator. What exactly are we acknowledging here? I don't um chafe after a while. It. <laughs> Butch. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Roman would need another break after that. It sounds like a very wild elevator. Oh, I'm not I'm not gonna have the elevator fixed. I'm gonna pay for the elevator to never get fixed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Glenn. Love you. <laughs> so, do you read? Do you read? Like, is there some Roman Reigns fan fiction out there? Like that? Oh, said, oh my God! Listen, no, 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 I went like, down. Like, I went down a fan fiction rabbit hole the other day, and not even I couldn't even come up with some of the shit that was written. Okay. I was gonna say I thought it was all ghost written by you, like all the Roman fan fiction, all the slash no, fiction no, no, is no, out no. there. I don't, I don't, I don't have to ghost write. Everybody knows I'm very open. I'm very open, Roman. Um, you know, butch. So you've yeah. written fan fiction, Issa? No, no, no. I don't need to write fan oh, fiction. Okay. 
we all know, you know, <laughs> Lady Wood gets erect when the man comes out. I get pregnant. <laughs> yeah, that, there's no, you know, like my fan fiction would be boring because it would just be like chapter one, Roman Reigns makes his entrance. I want him to impregnate me. The end. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't even want kids. <laughs> Glenn is so Wesley versus Zion Quinn. Come on, Glenn. This one, my conversation kids. was more fun. They have the good-looking kids. I, I get it. You want to smurf a smurf. I, I understand. I want to uh, acknowledge him. Uh, um, <laughs> Wesley versus Zion Quinn. Very surprising that Wesley just won clean. I'm very, Wesley. Way that, I'm very confused by the way they're booking people in NXT. That a spin move that he does, that's pretty badass. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I, I think they need to he needs to move on from this feud though. This him and Zion, they need to go to the next step with Wesley and what he's doing with Senga. What happened to Senga? Weren't they supposed to be friends? Yeah. Yes. Ethan Frazier got a little vignette. That was and... so stupid. Like, I... <laughs> oh my God. It was like the most Markish vignette I've ever seen in my life. Like, the man <laughs> looks 12, and now you're going to show pictures of him at the fucking arena with his little IC title that never gets defended on pay per view. He's like, bro, if those are your goals, just, just quit now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Long term storytelling. <laughs> They're building to his intercontinental championship run. That's great. You gotta beat Walter right now for it. So good, good luck, luck buddy. Yeah. Can we um, talk about the fact that you guys didn't do your homework? I know. I forgot. I forgot I to rank the greatest. I'm very. I'm very disappointed. I made my list and I hyped it up on my stream. I told everybody if they wanted to know the order of my favorite NXT champions, they will have to tune into this podcast. And you guys did not come through. It is like when I was in school where I really didn't study and I just kind of winged it when I showed up and, and I did just fine. So I think this will go great. It's 20, 20 combined reigns. There's 20 total NXT champions. Well, future NXT champion Joe Gacy was out with the <laughs> oh, Druids please, tonight. Please take that back. I'm leaving. The dyad. <sighs> this dyad. is death. Now, Daya, do you think somebody wrote, like, do you think, like, HBK wrote druids in, like, sloppy handwriting? And someone was like, what's that say, dyad? And they're like, actually, that's kind of cool. Let's call them that. Let's go with that. I think they're trying to say it's, like, not a triad, but it's a, is that, I don't even know if that's a word, dyad. They wrestled think. it in robes. When's the last time we had, like, anonymous wrestlers? Uh, the, uh, what are those? Come on. The things that Edge and Christian won the tag titles under those? Conquistadors. The Conquistadors are anonymous. Well, but FTR pulled that too. Kinda. Uh, but with this, I mean, but this was like the most anonymous. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I felt like was... I was like looking at some girls only fans that don't want to reveal their face so they show their bodies, but they wear like a mask. I know you've seen it. Maybe you haven't, Glenn, because you're kind of innocent. But there are girls <laughs> on OnlyFans that will wear <laughs> that wear like a whole ass freaking mask and then they show their bodies. And that's that's what I felt I was watching here. It's like the girl from Euphoria. That there was a character in Euphoria who did that, where she put on the mask and she was on a adult website. Yeah. I don't think those guys, whoever was under there, was not impressive. It, it was not good. 
Not only is this yeah. gimmick terrible, well, they couldn't they, freaking they see Alfred. Bad. What else do you expect from them? I get, and they were wrestling like they were half blind because a lot of their stuff, they're like, it seemed like they were off. But this is what I love about NXT. I mean, I like that they do crazy shit. Like we're gonna have some druids and they're gonna wrestle, and we're not gonna ever reveal their identities. Like this is batshit crazy, and I kind of dig it. So you're into it? Are you into it ironically, or do you think that this is like? gonna be something i like that they just tried something like this i mean and and the fact that yes they wrestled it was like the blindfold match like i like that they had limitations they didn't push against those limitations but you know when they practiced they were like well we have these masks and can you see kinda okay what can you do in it a little bit okay let's go out there and do that like it's crazy that joe gacy like the it, like they don't want to give him one. They don't want to upstage him. This is like uh, Beyonce's dad's dream. You know, if, if he could have gotten away with this to have Beyonce and uh, two like like druids in Destiny's Child, he'd be like, "Good, they're never going to upstage my girl." Um, like, so I think that they're not going to upstage Joe Gacy ever. So that's good because he's the star. He's the Beyonce of the the. I the feel like this is action. Nick Khan's dream because you don't have to reveal yeah. who they are, so you can release them without even telling people about it. And just replace them with the next two. This really is the future of WWE that we're seeing. This yeah. is the next yeah. wave. Everybody's going to be in a mask. You're not going to tell anybody. They can interchange everybody. If you want to walk out of your contract, they'll just get another mask wrestler to replace you. This is the future of WWE. If RoboCop had caught on, he could still be active today in the ring with like the 20th RoboCop wrestling. <laughs> that would have gotten over, you know? too. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. I mean, hey, look. In, in the Lucha scene, you have you have the continuing character sometimes, like generational. I'm just saying, like, the Druids could kind of work. I thought they were going to reveal them, but then I was like, no, it's better that they don't. It's better that they don't. And I'm sure we will have the – I'm sure, I'm positive, we will have the match where it's two other Druids and they beat up Joe Gacy, and it turns out it's, like, Mustache Mountain or Grizzled Young Vets or somebody. Uh, it, but we'll make it clear, like, that's not the Druids, you know? Yeah, but they'll, sure they'll have two guys who can actually wrestle, and you'll be like, wait a minute, this is too good for it to be those damn Druids I saw last week. Yeah. Um, so this is crazy, but I like that they're trying, you know? Um, and uh, Leon's Duncan, $2, saying, I legit like NXT 2.0 shows most of the time. I do, too. It's just because it was taped yeah. tonight. The problem with any tape show is unless you have some amazing vignettes, anything great that happened is going to yeah. be spoiled for you relatively easily. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're on eventful. Yeah. And remember, they taped two weeks plus last week. So that audience was there for like a minimum of four hours. So they'll be exhausted probably, but that show's probably going to be dead. Plus level up on top of it. Yeah, I, I I I do very good at avoiding spoilers. I even do it for Rampage as well. But the problem is that the shows still feel very uneventful. Even if you watch it going in not knowing what happened, there's nothing that really matters. It's not must-see television. So uh, the Druids beat Dante Chen and Javier Bernal. Uh, then, oh, how over is Nikita Lyons? And we got a vignette saying she'll be returning soon from injury. They know she's bringing eyeballs to NXT. Here she comes, coming back. It's good that that MCL injury isn't as serious as they once thought, but Nikita Lyons come back together. Does she get booed by these self-righteous NXT fans on her way back because she dared to be friends with somebody who happens to be controversial? Not that any of us have ever done that. Does she get booed by these self-righteous fans when she get back? What do we think? Does she, is she think still able to do the I, splits? 
<laughs> I, I think, think that might think... be what got her hurt. I don't. I predict that she's not going to do that anymore. I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, yeah. I, I I guess we'll see. But I feel like the controversial thing is in the eye of the beholder. You know, right, right. Like you might think that my friends are controversial, and I'll be like, no, they're cool. So. Yeah, we all have, listen, when we're friends with somebody, it's for the empathy in the person. I'd like to think that their personality outweighs whatever the other stuff is. We all have friends that we argue with politically or about other things that maybe we don't agree with them, but by no means do my friend's opinion reflect what I think. I think it's right. ridiculous when people do that. Hmm. So, um, let's see. Oh, uh, Tony D'Angelo stacks or two stacks. No, two wrestling Inc recapper. You put two stacks. His name <laughs> is two dimes and stacks. Although maybe now I'll just merge. Yeah, it maybe he <laughs> takes the two from two dimes. Now that he's gone. Two stacks. Sounds two way stacks. Better than stacks. It's true. What's burn stacks? Two stacks. What's burn two stacks? Three stacks. <laughs> uh, they were out there with Sanders Escobar, Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro of now all of the D'Angelo family. And uh, he promoted stacks and dimes from associate to soldier. Gave them watches. Amazing. What a beautiful moment. And D'Angelo, uh, Carmel Hayes and Trick Williams came out. D'Angelo challenged uh, a match. So we're going to have two stack, again, two stacks, Wrestling Inc. What's up? Uh, two dimes and stacks tonight against um, Carmel and Trick. And then next week, it's going to be Tony versus Carmelo. Are you not um, but, confused by this? Because I thought Solo Sokoa was going after Carmelo Hayes. Did they resolve that later? I don't remember. It's already a blur. Well, no, okay. his whole thing is I got next. That is yeah. his battle cry that he's going to be the next North American champion. And they really do seem to be going away from that. Yeah, the lack of continuation in this episode was weird, especially when it came to the two guys' title. So, it's not the main event tonight. Braun Breaker versus Duke Hudson, because it was quick. <laughs> Braun Breaker won. Still NXT champ. Too bad for uh, Duke. He squashed him. Squashed him. Duke needs to bring back the poker gimmick. No, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know. He needs to find a different side hustle. Yeah. Cameron Grimes came down after and said, Breaker has everything because of who his dad is. And then he said, because of your last name. And it was like, <laughs> Breaker last name? Yeah. <laughs> last name's opening doors. <laughs> yeah, but like, why? I like that Cameron Grimes is heel again. That's yeah. the right move because these people turned him heel. Uh, yeah, he was great as that fun-loving... When he was a heel, he was actually getting cheered as a babyface. That was his best character. But then his last about month or so of being a babyface, people just turned on him. I think it was because they just no. liked Solo so no. much. And it stuck to him. And I like that he's a heel now. And I want him to go in this direction no. and embrace the hate. No, so, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. This man just lost the North American title. So now he feels like he can go for the main title. How does that yes. make any sense? In what world? It makes no sense. Because I need he's this an man American. to go back to... <laughs> I need this man to go back to being randomly rich or something because this, to me, it didn't make any sense and I don't feel like this title shot is, is earned. 
at all. Yeah, I don't know about the booking of booking him in a world title feud after losing the North American title. And again, one just the character being a heel, I think, just fits so in there because Tony like a, you should have put Tony D'Angelo uh, calling out Braun Breaker and have Solo get his shot at Carmelo Hayes. Like that's where I thought we were going. Yeah. yeah. Well, was, yeah. I, I didn't like this. I didn't like that. I don't think I'm, I don't think Cameron Grimes. Like, I I feel like they're not doing him any favors, right? You give him the North American title and you put him in a field against two of the most beloved and liked stars of NXT. He loses, and now you're gonna put him in a field for the main title that he did definitely did not earn or deserve or whatever. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense, and it feels like they're not doing Cameron Grimes any favors. Was the was the promo that he cut good? Yes, it was. I I really liked him on the mic tonight, but it still makes no sense for him to be able to get an NXT title shot when he hasn't done anything to earn it. Yeah. Well, he's getting it, a great American bash. So, uh, Giovanni Vinci versus Guru Raj. Say what you will. This is a very generic gimmick, so I don't know about the character. And it's weird to have this gimmick with Tony D'Angelo on the same show. This guy could go. Like, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought he was just going to be another green guy. This is like Italian Cesaro almost. He was, I mean, Wait, when you, when, you say, like when you say this guy can go, do you mean like you want to be in an elevator? No, 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 oh. not go like that. I mean, we can talk about fashion tips. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about fashion tips. But I mean, he's athletic, he's very fast. He, he was doing like, I yeah, just expected it to be great. like another so generic he, wrestler. Does he need the cringy photographs in the entrance? And why yeah, was, isn't he with LA Knight on SmackDown? The entrance was, I, I, I was doing a watch along on my channel. And I gave him the very first award of moments that made me cringe so hard. I have to take a shot of alcohol to forget about him. Wow. The pictures yeah. look like when your parents send you selfies and they're all like yes. off center. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was so bad. <laughs> and, the, and this was pre-taped. You had time to edit an awesome photo shoot looking thing. And that's the best you could come up with. Bro. And then they have his name. <laughs> yeah, the entrance can the production of the entrance can use a little work, but I was pleasantly surprised by. I mean, he's pretty good in the ring. I I thought I thought it was just going to be another. I've never heard of this guy. I don't know who he is Wait, or where Giovanni he came from. Vinci? Yeah, I, I'm talking really? about whoever the guy behind the guy is. It's not like some indie guy that they signed who has buzz. If this oh, is, is he the guy from Imperium, oh, it's, he's yeah. the guy from Imperium. Yeah, Fabian. Oh, no wonder. Okay, I had no idea that was Fabian Nicker. He looks completely. <laughs> Ain't off his back. Well, good for him. Good for him for landing on his feet. Okay, but it's hard to like pay attention to what he can do in the ring after that entrance. The entrance has to be changed. He looks completely different with a beard. That is Fabian Eichner. I had no idea. Good lord. Yeah, it's him. There you go. Is Eichner Italian? He's going with the Italian thing, right? Isn't he like? Is he German? I think he's from whatever you want him to be. I mean, you did say he can go, so. He's from the elevator. So. <laughs> no, he's from uh, uh, the autonomous <laughs> province of Bolzano, South Tyrol, Italy. Okay, well. Gimmick can use the word, but good wrestling. That's a Ferrari. Not even I don't care like, that's an old Ferrari that he's driving around, by the way. So. Uh, he can slide right in and replace two dimes. I mean, they could just have him. Oh, be that's the, true. No, Ooh, actually, two dimes is kinda... unreplaceable. Alfred, what the hell, That's man? True. They got to free true. two dimes first, but as long as he's gone, they got to hold it down for him. He has Legato uh, now. They're D'Angelo's. <laughs> Legato del D'Angelo. 
Terry Allen Jr. two dollars uh, saying likely grizzly and veterans Joe Gacy. How is that? GYV, GYV is like, yeah, when we get a shot, hey, we got the right gimmick for you guys. You're going to love it. If that's Grizzled Young Vets, then those outfits that they're wearing com- greatly reduce their wrestling ability. Greatly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Grayson uh, exchange, uh, challenged Solo Sokoa to a match next week, but then we had Carmelo. Why? Hayes Why? And- Solo should be challenging for a title. He got next. I know. I know. He got he next, got- bro. Great American I'm Bash. I don't like this. Three weeks. Uh, Carmel Hayes <laughs> and Trick Williams versus two stacks. Again, why two stacks? That's this is just name, bothering man. me. Two, two stacks. stacks. Two stacks and dimes. Two stacks and dimes. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, Sanchez Escobar, Joaquin Wild, and Cruz del Toro were at ringside. Uh, brawl broke out right off the bat. Another brawl broke out, and uh, Carmelo and Trick won. That's fine. It was good. Trick continues to get better. Got a lot of fire. Trick's going to be something, man. I'm telling you. Trick's going to be a big Yeah, star. agree. Um, there's something about Trick and Carmelo Hayes that always capture my attention. But again, back to my issue, which I've been very vocal about for weeks now, this 50-50 booking. You give the D'Angelo's this big win. They now expand their family to lose to Carmelo Hayes and, and Trick. It just seems weird. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. But overall, fun match. Well, yeah, this is always what I expected to happen in terms of this gimmick is that Legato is going to be undermining them at every turn and then it's going to blow up into a powder cake. I get that, Alfred. But first of all, they shouldn't not even be in the ring with Carmelo and Trick, considering that they should have been dealing with Solo Sokoa if we're, you know, following, continuing the right. stories that we were telling. Just because yeah, we pre take the shows doesn't mean that you just act like nothing happened before it. Like, I need a man in black to like flash me the red little light in order to be able to make sense out of NXT tonight. And the fact that they did pre-tape multiple shows, that should mean that they should stick to their storylines more because yeah. it's not like you're going week to week and anything's changed. You have exactly. one day to think. That's what made the old NXT so great is that they would pre-tape like six shows so they had to have a direction yeah. by the final taping. And that definitely exactly. didn't happen here. Agreed. Yeah, it was... Uh... It was something. So let's talk about the main event tonight. Fun main event. We had Toxic Attraction taking on Cora Jade, Indy Hartwell, and Roxanne Perez. Issa, what did you think of this match? I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was good. I figured no titles on the line. I had a feeling that Toxic Attraction was not going to win here. Um, I First of all, on the opening segment when they were backstage, I thought it was funny that um, Indy was like, I'm the veteran. And then Jaden, uh, I'm sorry, not Jade. Sorry. You know where my mind is. Cora was <laughs> like, you're a veteran. You're 25 years old. And I was like, well, she's a grisly young veteran. You know, like that's an NXT thing. But um, I thought it was fun. I'm just tired of toxic attraction always losing their matches when the titles are not on the line. Like, hmm. and I get it. You got to put the baby faces over, but it's just like, I feel like if you go back and watch for a few weeks, every time that the titles are not on the line, toxic attraction loses. And it's just like, it makes you wonder how dominant they really are. But overall in the ring, I thought they had really good chemistry and I enjoyed them. And I'm always going to be here for women main eventing. And they gave them a lot of times. They, they gave them the overrun. So good for them. I really think that Mandy Rose is a living proof of, what bringing somebody back down to NXT can do. And I hope they use that for Apollo Crews because I think Apollo Crews could really be a star in NXT right now and they need that. I don't think that they have that iconic male star in the male roster right now. And I think Apollo Crews could do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree with that. Uh, yeah, this is fine. I, and I thought, uh, you know, they keep beating Toxic Attraction. But I do think that uh, Roxanne Perez is eventually going to dethrone Mandy Rose. I, re- I hope really? that's the direction they go. And um, it'll be interesting to see if they put Cora Jade and Indy together as a tag team to dethrone the Toxic Attraction tag team. Because I do think that whenever it's time to beat them, they're all going to lose at the same time. Now, is Roxanne Perez facing Mandy Rose at Bash at the Beach? Have they announced that for then? Or is it going to be down the line? Because if it's next week, then I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's being announced where she's going to be facing her. I know she won the contract, but I don't think it's being announced exactly okay. when she plans on cashing it in. Okay, yeah. So she has to cash. And when she cashes it in, I think she's going to win. But, yeah, I think uh, I think it was good. I, I think uh, Roxanne Perez is excellent. And I really want to see her as a babyface champion. I think that'd be really cool. Me too, but I don't know that pairing her with Cora is highlighting her as much as I want it to be highlighted. I feel like now you're paying attention to the both of them, where I would rather see Roxanne be highlighter on her own, especially if she's going to be the one to dethrone Mandy, who has been champion for over 200 days. It should be a big deal, whoever dethrones her. And now, right now, I just feel like Cora takes a little bit of the spotlight away from Roxanne. Mm. And and not that they're thinking that far ahead, because I'm not going to give them that benefit of the doubt, but I really do think that they're doing that so that when Roxanne, when if and when she wins, that Cora then turns on her, and then they, that's her first feud out the gate. Mm. That would be great. And Perez got the pin tonight, so Cora, Indy, and Roxanne won. But the real winners were us, the view, viewing audience at home. This was a fun match. It, it really was. And, and I love what Alfred just said because it will make sense. We have seen Cora trying to go after this NXT Women's Championship for months now, and she hasn't been able to accomplish that. So see her friend come in and kind of accomplish that, it will be the perfect way to do the heel turn and, and go for that feud. Yeah. Uh, so that was NXT tonight. Next week is also One more time. The NXT uh, list. It's our homework that we're doing, right? Oh, yeah. The NXT list. The NXT list. You guys didn't do it. You have your NXT champions pulled up and ready to go or what? I do, yes. Ready to go. Okay, so we're going to start from our least favorite to our number one. Who's going first? I'm not going first because I actually did my homework, so I'm going to put you two on the spot. So you should go first. (laughs) No, no, you go go first because you should have done this ahead of time. Okay, the worst (laughs) NXT champion ever. Or I should say least favorite. I don't want to say worst. Uh, but I'm going to say Dolph Ziggler. I agree. I mean, it's, it's tough because I think he was fine while he did have the title. But because it was so short, because it was a transitional run, Dolph Ziggler has to be at the bottom. Because it was NXT 2.0, Ziggler's at the bottom. Yeah. I actually have Dolph Ziggler as number 20. Yes, so we yeah, actually yeah. agree I'm on this. Study. It's disturbing. I'm study. I'm I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to agree on anything. Okay. Uh, number 19, va- vacant. No. Um, <laughs> uh, who would number 19 be? Karen Cross. Whoa. Ooh. Wow. Wow. You, yeah, I'm going. Is that your number 19? I mean, he was. I'm writing, I'm writing them down, by the way. No. Oh. I can't go Karen Cross at 19, but it's pretty stacked, okay. man. I'm actually going to say Braun Breaker is my second least favorite NXT champion. Because I have good memories associated with every single other one of these champions. I have something I like about them. You know what? I'm going Braun Breaker too. It's not because I don't like him. I just think they've done a bad job with him as champion. The whole reason why we did this is because you said Braun Breaker was one of the greatest, but okay. 
I, I didn't yeah, say we knew he was going to be the top five in this list. I didn't say he was one of the greatest uh, champions. I said you guys oh are God. overlooking how good he is. I effing no. hate to say this, but I actually have Rob Breaker. Well, we're so basic. Look at us. Yeah, we need we need to we need to switch things up. Come on, come on, guys, come on. Okay, okay. Um, hmm. Tough call on uh, number eighteen. I know the third you least. This, you can do this. Okay, I'm gonna go. I know who mine is. Yeah, I'm actually gonna say Drew McIntyre. Really? Wow, that, that's dirty. It was such a no, no, no. But then here's Drew. I love you, Drew. Sword. Actually, when you were heel in WWE, when you were champ, that that was the best when you were heel. But it was such. It was so obvious. Drew was just doing a layover in NXT as champion to go back to the main roster. Like there was no Savage. like. Think about everyone who came before him. Everyone that came before him had like six month reigns or longer that locked it down with long-term storytelling. And with Drew, it was just kind of like, we're just kind of refreshing you on our style. And then you're going back to the main roster. Fast wow. track, for sure. Wow. Wow. Alfred? That's a good reason. Uh, I, uh, for my next one, am going to go with Adrian Neville because really? I just Ooh. felt like it was fine. There were characters in NXT that were more over than him. Uh, there were acts even in the mid car that I felt that were above him that I would rather see. And I, I never really remembered while he was champion, which was a long time. I never remember being like, man, I can't wait for this Adrian Neville match, even though he's a good worker and he's much better as Pac, a thousand times better at Pac. I just thought he was very basic as Adrian Neville. All I remember is that he lost his teeth once. Yeah, my next uh, few ones on my list comes from not memorable rings and rings that happened during a time that I wasn't really keeping up with NXT on like a like a weekly basis. And for me, it's Bo Dallas. Wow, I like Bo Dallas. I know. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, you also say you like Braun Breaker, and you put him at number nineteen. Oh, I so. love Braun Breaker. Love Braun Breaker. Believe, sure. man. Bo Dallas, two hundred eighty oh. days. Two hundred eighty days as NXT champion. Sure, sure. But I wasn't watching, so. Glenn, uh, who do you have in your next spot? You know, I actually went back and watched NXT from the beginning, and I have to say Bo, Bo's reign was delightful. Actually, I say Neville is my next one. Uh, and Nev Because okay. Neville was the first proof we had, really, that no matter how high you rise in NXT, oh, it is just a cold shower yep. when you get to the main yep. roster. Alfred? Oh, we're doing the next one? I thought we were... Okay, um... Andrade Cien ah, listen, he had a great wow. match as a champion. Wow. What a wow. first favorite champion. Yeah. I mean, Andrade was a great act, but But he won Selena. Hold on. Wow. Let's see. Yeah, I'm going Andrade. Andrade. Wow. He's good. Wow. We're getting higher. I'm, so, di I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed. 100 percent Andrade. I'm going Neville. I'm going Neville on my next one for the same reason as Bo Dallas. I really wasn't watching an experience. <laughs> you can't objectively talk about the best champions and be like, I wasn't watching it then. So. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. But if yeah. you're a good champion, you make people watch because I was watching wrestling at that time, which is my whole point. When I started watching NXT, it's because the buzz was so loud that I had to turn around and watch. So just saying. Just saying. Um, Glenn, who's next? What are we at? 16? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're at 16. Um, oh, should I be controversial or should I be uh play it safe here? You should be honest, Glenn. My list is honest. You should stick with that theme. Be controversial. <sighs> Choose violence. Choose violence every time. 
I, I uh, wake up in the morning and I feel violence every day. Yeah, me too. No, I'll I'll say uh, Bo Dallas in the slot because it was early, like it was it was rudimentary, like it wasn't bad, but there was no model for being NXT champ because he was he was the third NXT champion. I mean, to that point, that's exactly why my next selection is Seth Rollins, who maybe I should have even put him below Andrade because I mean he was in the early days before they even knew what NXT was before it really had a voice as he said disappears Seth Rollins maybe he should have been at the bottom of this damn list like what did he do what was your favorite moment of Seth Rollins NXT championship I don't know maybe winning the title so that it would actually exist you know this NXT title without Seth Rollins no and and that's the like so when we talk about it like that's the problem Bo had is that Bo had to follow Seth and then Biggie, and we'll talk about Biggie uh, and what made him. Uh, we can talk about Biggie right now because he's my next one. Really? Wow, really? Biggie was, yeah. the, first, uh, Biggie was the first NXT like gimmick with the five count. Like Biggie yeah. was the first, like this crowd will pop for something that's a little quirky. That's, that's what I liked about it. He's still on my bottom five. So wow, Jesus, still wow, it. what a hater! Biggie's way higher. Shut up! You put you put Andrade on there, okay? You put you put Charlotte on there. Okay, so. Come on. I'm trying to have a couple of good matches, but what was his championship you're, rate? You're, we're you're, talking yeah, about I, I tell you something. You're not, you're not even ready for my next one. It's going to sh- Okay, you're okay gonna number sh- 15. Okay, Let's number 15. Yep. Come on, go ahead. Uh, Alistair Black. Really? Wow. Wow. That was one of my favorites. I'll go Drew McIntyre really? for 15. Wow. Really? I loved Alistair Black. Why? Um, I think Alistair was when I was kind of like, you know, maybe I don't have to watch NXT anymore. (laughs) He had such a great angle though with Nikki Cross where he was trying to figure out who attacked him and all that stuff. Yeah. So maybe maybe I've got a little of that Issa bias where it was just kind of like, I'm not into the show during this era. Oh yeah. Well, my next one happened. It's a ring that happened while I was watching NXT. You ready? Hmm. Keith Lee. Oh wow! That's not that's not fair. This is the only man. Oh, that it's ever not fair. The- it's not fair. What? Because he won both titles and he pulled yes. it out and, and relinquished one instead of fucking he, defending it like a real champion. Would? He was too dominant. No, no fair. They, they, he cleaned out no, the division. No they told him he, to relinquish. If he was it. so, if he was so fucking dominant, he would have defended both fucking championships on the paper. But he was like, oh, oh, look at this, look at this title. I don't fucking care about it. I don't fucking care about it. Let me relinquish it and let somebody else win it. Pussy. He was so dominant. Pussy stuff. They no, knew. Pussy. <laughs> he was so dominant. They knew that it wasn't fair that he couldn't defend that title. That's why he didn't do it. He's a he's a Whatever. man. He was scared. He was scared. He didn't want to fight two fights. Yeah, I'm not mess around. Put Keith Seth Lee Rollins, at one. Seth Rollins will never. Seth Rollins defended both of his freaking belts. I'm not mess okay? around. Put Keith Lee at number one. What? How wow. dare you? Uh, uh, wow. Okay. Well, who's your list now? Don't change your list. Now. Okay. So who's your fourteen? Who's your fourteen? Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Glenn is like we gotta calm this down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you Alfred go first, Glenn. Oh, my fourteen? No, I did. No, I did. Alfred didn't do fourteen. We'll put Bo Dallas up there. Which I did very wow. much like that run, but you know, wow. the cookies were great, but Bo Dallas, 14. Okay. Uh, 13. Okay, I'm doing this. This is going to be the most controversial thing I say this week, maybe this month, maybe this year. I'm going to say Adam Cole because wow. he was champion for too goddamn long. They very made long. the show all about him in the Undisputed Era. And if that wrong. was not your thing, um it like if you love that great but that made nxt 
pretty damn boring to me during that time because it was like AEW light. It was like Ring of Honor in NXT. Yeah. And I've said this before, aside from Adam Cole, back when that was happening, most people would have been hard pressed to pick the other guys in Undisputed Era out of a lineup. You could have been looking at Matchbox 20 or Imagine Dragons or Undisputed Era and you know the lead singer and you can't well, identify a single other one of them by name. Kyle Charisma O'Reilly by his side. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Mr. Charisma. All right, next one on my list is Mr. Drew McIntyre. Same reasons you guys named out. It was obvious that he was just, just main roster bound and this was just a, a step in the in the in that direction. So that's why. Alfred number 13. I'm going with Adam Cole. And uh, I liked early on the Undisputed Era when they came together, but throughout that NXT versus AEW when they were trying to out-indie them, it just became too much. And I think they should have gone in a different direction. And Adam Cole single-handedly lost them the Wednesday Night Wars. And um, so I'm going to put Adam Cole. (laughs) I mean, you you couldn't draw against AEW. You're lucky you're even outside the top 10. You shouldn't be on this list. Imagine being the businessman that hires the guy that couldn't beat you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it might be a Brian Pillman situation where he purposely tanked the ratings, knowing he was going to go to AEW. There you go. Ooh, let me get okay. my thing foil hat. Glenn, what about you? Uh, number twelve. I'm going to say Bobby Roode. <gasps> How dare you? Amazing entrance. Very good in the ring. What was a good Bobby Roode storyline? I remember the whole thing now since I've been champion, we've got CEOs and people are flying in private jets to watch it. Like it was a shitty gimmick aside from the entrance and his in-ring work. His actual gimmick never really worked out. Huh. I like the idea that they really didn't give him much storylines and stuff like that, but I thought he carried himself like a champion. I loved the gimmick and he was having good matches and I really did feel like he was world champion. Like, especially in an old school way. Maybe it was the robe. But he really did carry himself like a world champion. And remember what he had to follow, though. He followed the hottest era. This is like coming... This is like uh, the the season of SNL when uh, Chris Elliott and Janine Garofalo were on stacked cast, but you just followed, like, the most classic lineup of SNL ever. Yeah. Bobby Roode came in and held it down at a very tough time. Okay. Okay. So before I reveal my next one, I just want to like send this for Glenn so he doesn't kill me because it's Sammy saying. Wow. Way too low. Way too low. (laughs) Whatever. Come on. We were all waiting for Kevin Owens to take that from him. We all knew why he was champion. It was a stepping stool for Kevin Owens. It was the real reason why Sammy saying was the champion. I'll fight you, Glenn. Let's go. Alfred? Kevin Owens. I'm putting Kevin Owens next. Wow. No. Kevin Owens was half the champion Sami Zayn was. And because of Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens' championship run only mattered because of Sami Zayn. And without Sami Zayn, there'd be no Kevin I Owens believe, being I can't that I interesting. Have, I, can't believe I, I can't believe I consider you guys friends. Legit. <laughs> this is going to break our friendship apart. Glenn, please. please. Number 12. And number 12, I'm putting Keith Lee. It was just okay, too I short. agree with that. Too too high, too high on it. Eleven too spots high on too the low. List. Eleven spots too low. I think he was great, but I just think it was it was just too short of it. And um, man, like his build to the championship was great, but the championship itself was just kind of. It was you know what it was. 
you could tell NXT was shook by AEW during that era. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I kind of agree with you. Um, like, it's not his my... fault. Bad timing. So sorry. Yeah. Up next on my list is actually Alistair Black. He's like, he's um, mid for me. Alfred? My list, I'll go. This, see, this is hard. Now it's getting hard. I'm going to go yeah. Perrion Cross, okay? Because Perrion Cross was dominant and they did a good job making him undefeated. I do think it hurts what ended up happening with him. And then I felt like they were doing this thing where they, it was a round peg in a square hole where they were having him fight with all these indie guys. And instead of just destroying them, he was just having to do these indie matches, which I didn't think fit his skill set. So I'm going with Karrion Cross. Okay. Okay. Glenn. Uh, number 11. I'm going to go with Andrade. Okay. And I think Zelina was great, but again, when Andrade was champion, like the problem with NXT a lot of the time is like someone becomes champion and they have no idea what to do with them. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it's I'm with you. Having... 11 on my list is Andrade as well, yeah. just so you know. It's like once you achieve the goal, it's a problem they're having with Warlow right now, even though that's not a championship problem. He was so hot when he was going after MJF. And then once he beat MJF, it's like now the dog can't chase the car anymore. So what does he do? Especially after MJF sabotaged him by uh, right. doing what he's done. <laughs> right. Alfred? Okay. Oh, is it? See, I was, so I'm always going after Issa. I'm sorry. Uh, my next one's going to be Johnny Gargano, who I think we're really emphasizing. Johnny that Wrestling. Point, that point you're making about being a champion, Johnny Gargano is always a better underdog than he was a champion. And him chasing those titles, that's when he had his best match. Him on the, the chase for the title was great, but Johnny was champion for 57 days. He was not a great champion. He didn't have this run that we all remember, but him as an underdog was good. Johnny Gargano actually should have been number journey? What about the 20. journey, Alfred? The journey is not journey? a champion. How does that make a great champion it's if it's the journey? The journey calls. This is scripted. Okay? <laughs> you know what? If we're Glenn. doing the journey, Keith Lee's journey was great. It wasn't. He relinquished a title. Man, I'm messing around and putting Keith Lee in this top five. I'm telling you. So, the number 10 NXT champion of all time. Now we got graphics. Wow. We got graphics. Uh, my number fancy, 10 NXT champion of all time. I'm going to say Seth Rollins because he was the first. Yeah, he set the stage for everything that came after. Like, we, no one really knew how to be NXT champion. Remember, this wasn't the Seth Rollins we know today. This was... You know, young former Tyler Black. We um, wouldn't have the set Rollins we have today. I know. Without the set Rollins. Yeah. No, and I think credit to him for being the first. Uh, he made the best of of an uncertain, brand new situation. Yes. Is it my turn? Uh, no, it's my turn, and it's Karrion Cross. Okay. But you enjoy Just the rain because. then, because it's pretty. It's pretty high up. I love the entrance. I enjoy the rain. I, I like I like dominant champions. I'm a big fan of big meaty men slapping me, and he he delivered that a couple of times. So why not, Alfred? Uh, we'll put Biggie here. I thought uh, I think you guys are undercounting how good they did a job. They did a very good job making him into like a legit champion because it was early in NXT and they had to kind of put their best foot forward. I really like the five gimmick. It really did get over kind of immediately. Uh, and then him doing the clapping with the powder. I thought Biggie was a very good champion in NXT for carrying the Excuse brand. Excuse me, did you did you just you people us? I did you people. I think that you people discounted 
how impactful Big E was to the NXT brand. Well, but to that point, no. Big E is my number nine NXT champion of all time because he had the gimmick. He had the the relative fast track. I think Big E, Big e showed how you could do something <laughs> different and get it massively over in NXT. So it's like he absolutely built upon everything Seth Rollins did yes. before him. Yes, very well said. Okay, Lisa? well, my number nine NXT champion of all time is Adam Cole. I thought he was great at first, but then there was too much of the undisputed era coming in and helping him win the title, and he got entirely too repetitive. And <laughs> we're getting that on Wednesday nights too now. So if you didn't get enough of it on NXT, tune in on Wednesdays to AW to see the exact same thing. So Adam Cole gets number nine for me. Alfred? Bobby Roode. I think Bobby Roode was a wow. good champion. I think he was a solid worker. And I think they didn't go all the way with him. Obviously, they didn't when he was on the main roster. But I was very surprised by that because I always thought he, even when he was in TNA, I was thinking, this guy just belongs in WWE. This is somebody who they would love. He's got the look. He's kind of an old school working type guy. But I thought he was very good in NXT. 200 days as champion for Bobby Roode. Wow. Okay, number eight. My number eight, higher than you both ranked him. I'm going to say Karrion Cross, because wow. I think after Adam Cole, this was a breath of fresh air. There was pageantry. There were theatrics. Um, I think that he was so exciting. Like if if Adam Cole put you to sleep, Karrion Cross like was the adrenaline to get you back into NXT. Yes. Yeah. I Another guy very surprised. I, I I really like what you said because after Adam Cole, he really did feel like a like like fresh. You know, he made an change, and I wish I would have thought in that way because I would have probably ranked him a little bit higher. Um, number eight for me is Johnny Gargano. I, I I'm here for the for the journey. I, I just always knew he was going to put on a good match and just watching, I guess his story with Champa was just one of the greatest things we ever seen on NXT. I'm not a big fan of Johnny wrestling himself, but that story always hooked me in. So that's why he ranks high for me. Well, I mean, I think top 10 is high anyway. So mm -hmm. there we go. And I will go with Samoa Joe. Thought that he, uh, his debut was great in NXT. Three-time champion. Good for him. So he's got the accolades in, in a tie. I think that's where he Number won. seven? You put Samoa Joe. I hope, no, I hope he chokes you out. I hope number he chokes. It doesn't matter. Number that's too eight. low. It's too he's low. The only, he's the only person on this list who's lost world champions twice. Too he's a three-time champion. He's low. lost three world championship matches. Uh, he's lost a world title three times. Nobody can say that. So, so that hurts him on this list. Wow. <laughs> Why does Issa's uh, connection always go out when I okay. talk about when I have these hot takes? <laughs> For number seven, I'm going to say Sami Zayn. Um, because I think that... I thought you liked him. I thought you wanted to be in an elevator with him. I do. But yeah. Sami Zayn um, ushered in like a new era of NXT, I think, after Neville. Like Sami Zayn... How can I put this? Um... It was like it was like the year when John Lovitz joined SNL, and then they were like, "Oh shit, we have to get better people now." Like, because John Lovitz was on the same <laughs> year as Anthony Michael Hall, Robert Downey Jr. Like, you had John Lovitz, Dennis Miller, Nora Dunn, and everyone else was just jobbers. Um, and then they were like, "We have to build better people around John Lovitz." Sami Zayn was like the John Lovitz of NXT. They knew they John had to Lovitz. get better talent to match him. John Lovitz catching a stray in this list. Yeah, Issa. 
Well, unlike you, ungrateful <laughs> co-host of mine, I have Seth Rollins in this spot. I think oh, we God. wouldn't be having this list if it wasn't for Seth Rollins. I thought he was up. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely incredible, and it's just the first of the many, many things he went on to accomplish. So if you're going to talk about the first NXT champion, and then you look at the resume of Seth Rollins, that's how you want to start a brand. That's that's the right way. You don't you don't see Seth Rollins relinquishing a title in NXT because he doesn't want to defend it. You know, I'm just saying. Alfred. He was too Alfred. dominant. He was too dominant and scary. That's the reason he relinquished it. And the next person, speaking of dominant, this is one of my all-time favorites, Shinsuke Nakamura. I thought did a great job. <gasps> champion. Evan? But he's at number seven here. I think Shinsuke oh was my a great God. champion. <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura. Listen, great opening match. That match against Sami Zayn. Love the match. Love Shinsuke Nakamura in NXT. If we're specifically talking about him as champion, you know, just outside the top five. It's not bad. Hey, we're getting to the nitty gritty of this list. Where we're splitting hairs. And Shinsuke where does, is where, the, where does Eddie Murphy rank on your list of best SNL cast members? Like number 50? Number like one with Nakamura. a gun and a clue. Shinsuke Nakamura is not the Eddie Murphy he of He is SNL. the Eddie Murphy of NXT. NXT. He's he the is. Chris Kattan of NXT where he got out. <sighs> and, <laughs> and then like kind of came down to, to earth. He's the Chris, Chris Kattan. Kattan. Anne of NXT. No, 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 no. Our friendship yeah. is over. Our friendship is officially over, Alfred. <laughs> Number seven. Wow. It could it could have been worse. He's in the top ten. I think he's a top ten champion. Nothing more, nothing less. Okay. Uh, number six. I'm going to say Kevin Owens. I think Kevin Owens built upon Sami Zayn. Uh, you know, at a time when Sami was about to get called up and got injured, like Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens. Open challenges NXT Championship facing John Cena. I mean, Sami Zayn had a great one. But yeah, Kevin which Owens is exactly like, why you should have ranked him higher. But you know, <laughs> what do I know? But Kevin Owens put that NXT Championship on the main roster map. Exactly. With that open exactly. So why are you ranking him this low? Just well, like, because he wasn't NXT Champion for. I mean, you didn't want to get stuck in an elevator with him, and you ranked Sami Zayn low. Yeah, your because elevator continuity is not there. I mean, listen, listen, Glenn. Honestly, at least you didn't fucking say Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura. number seven. Good lord. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, I'm, done. I'm, done. I'm, done. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off myself after this podcast just because okay. of Alfred. Oh, please So, who's your number six? Who's your number six? Who's my number six? It's Bobby Roode. I really like Bobby Roode. Damn. I like his range. You like Bobby Roode. I, yeah, I thought Bobby Roode was great, um, and and I thought that during a time where I don't know such a goat of a champion as Shinsuke Nakamura, who I didn't think anybody could take him down, seeing Bobby Roode, seeing his presentation, I believe he was the right person to take that from Shinsuke Nakamura. I love the entrance, the uh, the the glorious bombs uh, gave me hours of entertainment. So yes, Bobby Roode. I mean, I was there for his debut, and the fact that everybody was singing the song before we even ever even seen him on TV, like you know, he was gonna be a big deal, and it was it was refreshing to see that. That was a fun fucking time in NXT, and I wish we had that again. That's wow. a, a good point there. And Bobby Roode was a good champion, and the next good champion that we have on this list. Oh man, this is gonna be hard. Well, we're talking about our favorites, right? Let's yeah. go with Finn Balor. Even though he had a long it's reign. Number six. Holy he was shit. He a good champion. He had some good matches. Was he my favorite of all time? One of them. One of my six favorites out of the 20 people to be champions. 
He had some great the entrances. Fucking the demon is the fucking demon, Alfred. The no, 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 fucking no. demon, bro. Sometimes. Like, if he was a demon every number time, he's number one. If he's a demon wait, every wait. time, this was, he's This one. was a bad idea. If this was a team... If this was a team building experiment, we completely failed. This was a horrible idea. <laughs> no, this is going to be a debate. This is the opposite of team building. And Finn Balor, number six. if he was a demon every time, he's number one. But because he was Finn Balor too, number six. Speechless. Wow. I would have thought he was top three for everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what the, like what the hell? Like what the, well, this is coming from a guy who said Braun Breaker is great and then ranked him at number 19. So The greatest. <laughs> Okay, uh, number five, the Phil Hartman of NXT, Samoa Joe. Wow, see, I think that's too high. No, wow. but Samoa what? Joe was, you could put, the great thing about Samoa Joe, much like Phil Hartman, who you could put into any sketch in SNL and he would elevate it. Samoa Joe, you could put into a feud with anybody and he would bring out their best. So his championship feuds and matches were always great. And his champion, like he was credible, formidable opponent, like bit of a sleeper. See what I did there? Uh, but he's he's not the flashiest champ, but he is like the workhorse NXT champion. Okay, I respect yes. that. I respect that. Too low, too low, but I respect it. Is it my turn? Kevin yeah. Owens, who showed up on the main roster with the NXT title, and he beat up John Cena in his very first match on the main roster and some of you guys dare to rank him not in the top five like, i ranked him you. like shame number six and you're like shame oh on you. insult my opinions are correct and everyone else is wrong uh well this is going to be right because my next selection is alistair black who i thought was tremendous <laughs> undefeated champion you put alistair black mocking everybody what, 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 was the, what is the beef with the Aleister Black? I believe he was an excellent champion and should have had the title for longer, had it for over 100 days, which is nothing to sneeze at, had some good storylines, undefeated, thought he should have been there for long. It was very similar to what happened to Malachi Black, where he was piping hot at the beginning. And then once Cody Rhodes left and AEW was left to their own devices, they completely tumbled down the roster. But Aleister Black was a great champion, a great man, a very undefeated champion, and he was WWE's heir apparent to The Undertaker until they screwed that up. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, Alfred. Explain this to me like I'm a five-year-old. Okay. You have Alistair Black higher on your list than yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura. Please, please. A thousand imagine percent. I'm a imagine, I'm a new, imagine I'm a newborn baby and make it make well, sense. Well, the, I believe the uh, standards of it's this not making sense. our favorite champions. But, but also we believe... think we're the best. Who were the also who we think? Well, it was the also the best. And Finn Balor was a great champion, don't get me wrong. And he was, you know, had the title forever. And it just kind of went, I just thought that Alistair Black brought something different. And he had this aura about him, similar to Karrion Cross. He was actually the better version of what Karrion Cross was. Damn. Of being an undefeated stone cold killer and somebody I believed in as champion. And I didn't think he was ever going to lose that title. But when he had it, it was a lot of fun, and I'm putting him right there in the top five, way above Finn Balor, way above Shinsuke Nakamura, who could have kicked Shinsuke Nakamura's head off, but uh, Aleister Black for sure. Okay, uh, my number four is Mr. Johnny Wrestling himself, Johnny Gargano, the ultimate underdog. Romantic, exactly, the ultimate underdog, not the ultimate champion. That you're you know, romanticizing. This is putting the Cleveland Browns as the best Super Bowl winners. No, they'll chase a lot, and they're good. Okay, in certain rounds of the playoffs, they're never winning that chip. 
Gargano had a fantastic championship reign. He had a fantastic chase to the championship, which I think we need to count. I think we need to count the what? chase, the rematch. Yeah, because if, without a great chase, you can't be a great champion. No, no, no. Being a great champion means once you have that title, you have to be yes. a champion to be a great champion. Okay. Uh, I have a comparison that I'm not going to make because it's a little uh, risque. But my point is, like, it's not just all about when you get there. It's sometimes also about the buildup to when you get there, which makes getting there all the much better. And then the afterglow once you're there. I think those are it's true, but for evaluating. <laughs> I think we're, we're evaluating champions. So we should only count when they have the belts. 57 days, the lowest by far of anybody. No, no. Well, Keith Lee had 52 days, but that's a whole nother story. It's because he was too dominant. That's why he had it for 52 days. Sure, sure. Johnny Gargano sure. had a long-term ascension. And it was great. It was fantastic. He's just, just I mean, okay. synonymous with NXT. Issa, who's your number four? At this point, it was just coming down to, I don't even know. I don't even know how we're trying to rank this, but my number four is going to be Tommaso Ciampa. I really enjoyed his time as champion. And at this point, it was just a matter of my own personal preference, to be honest with you, because I feel like all of my top four were incredible NXT champions. I love his story with Gargano. I'm not sure that I was as invested at with anything else that he ever did. And that's the reason why he ranks at number four. Okay, uh, fair enough. And I'm gonna slide in to Maso Champion as well. And I think him being a great champion was because of what that belt meant to him, that character, how he named yeah. it Goldie. It, he was one with the title. And I don't think you can say that about most people on this list and that, yeah, they were a champion here and there, but with Tommaso, it was a whole event. There was a there was a pageantry behind him being champion. I loved when he would walk out with no music and it was just him and that belt. And I thought he did a good job yeah. just merging with the title, which is very hard oh, to do. Oh, but Drew McIntyre is one with his sword. He named it Angela, and you ranked him quite low on your list. Very low. But we're, if we're grading the greatest sword wielders, he would be very high. Okay, so Ciampa's my number three. And building upon what you're saying, like his stories with Gargano, like their matches, win or lose, like Ciampa was great. Ciampa... For a guy that does not look like a superstar in the traditional vein, I think that he did incredible things in NXT to hold it down and be so watchable. And I never was bored during yeah. any of his title feuds. Respect. Respect. I, I, I agree. So just to check, do we have two more left? I have two more left on my list, right? Yeah, I got two I more have, left. Okay, okay, good. I have okay. three. Wait, have no, three. you should have three, Alfred. You should have, I should three. have three. Well, I have. I don't know why. I have three. Yeah, Alfred's kind of with it. Was Neville is yeah, number yeah, one. Yeah, I know. Who the hell did I put in number one accident? No way. Oh, no take backs. This is final. I thought I said. Yeah, I have three. Do you have three, Glenn? I got three. I got. Oh, I got two more after. I feel so I like I three. feel like we screwed up the order because I started with you guys and I was going last, and somewhere in there you. Huh, well, someone will have to write that. this all down, and Alfred's going to end up with Neville as his number one because that's who that's he forgot okay. to name. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, Isa, who's your who's your number three? My number three is Samoa Joe. What a fucking champion! What a legend! There's nothing else I need to say about Samoa Joe that hasn't been said, except for you guys like not appreciating him as a champion I, and ranking him so low. But that's just on you, you know. I thought I'd give him like five or something. Like when he comes know. for you, that is on you. Okay, Alfred. Uh, my uh, number three. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with 
He's confused. He's confused. Because I only have two more left. So I'm putting Tommaso <laughs> Chiappa back because I don't want to screw up. Wait, wait. Okay, hold on. I've been writing them down. I've been writing oh. them down. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, I guess. I don't know where we screwed up. Alfred, ah, okay. Alfred, this one. I've gotten mine, I feel like, because I've got two more on my list. Let me see how many you have. <laughs> I've given out 18. Yeah, yeah you have 18 as well. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but it's okay. We can double dip Champa for Alfred. For yeah, sure. double dip Champa. I think he was that good. He deserves it. Uh, number two, I'm going to say Shinsuke Nakamura. Wow. Absolute rock star. Um, built upon his predecessors. I think he had some great feuds. And I'm trying to think of someone just from the second he came into NXT, you knew he was going to be champion. I mean, just in terms of like, like, how can I put it this way? NXT was a theater <sighs> act before he turned NXT into arena rock. And I think that what he was able to do with his feuds and his matches was just on a whole other level of theatrics that we really haven't seen since in NXT. Amen. I like it. Lisa. My number two is Finn Balor. I loved everything about the demon. I, I can't help, but like, if you say, you know how sometimes people would ask you, like, they say a word and you have to say the first thing that comes to mind when you say it. I feel like if somebody says NXT, I think of Finn Balor. I don't know why, but that's the first name that comes to my mind. And that's kind of like a big deal. I love the fact that he was able to go back, drop the demon character and still have quite an interesting reign. But those demon days were absolutely incredible. I look forward to every match, every entrance. I, I look forward to everything that he did. One of the people outside of Bailey and Sasha that got me to really start watching NXT was Finn Balor. So he's number two for me. You know what? I completely forgot about his run in the second era when he was a heel. Maybe he would have been higher if I would have configured that, but wow. I think I still Maybe if you would have done your homework. You know, I think me forgetting about it tells me that he should have been uh, ranked as low as he was. And, uh, Finn Balor, wow. another guy who lost to AEW. But, uh, you know, he was champion while they were losing in the ring. <laughs> Number two, ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorites. It's really hard because he, I was convinced this was going to be my number one going into this uh, until some recent developments. But number two's got to be Sami Zayn. I just love Sami Zayn as champion. I think it's because he was like one of the early champions and he was one of the first NXT champions that connected to. I think during their best era, he was champion. And I thought he did a great job as a babyface. Him being so great as a heel is a testament to Sami Zayn because he's a great performer. But he is a natural babyface, probably more than anybody on that on roster. And they really could have drawn money with him as a babyface. And him and NXT should have showed them that. So I think Sami Zayn at number two, for sure. You realize Glenn wanted to be in an elevator with Sami Zayn for hours, and he still didn't rank him as high. I mean, I'm getting Sami that Zayn is I'm great. getting that elevator. But in NXT, injury precluded him doing more. Yeah, I think this is true. like this is true. he he should have had a better chase. But but that being said, non-champion. I mean, look, his match with Shinsuke was absolutely one of the best things yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Um, Same. But interesting. I mean, I just I think Sammy as an all all around wrestler is great. But yeah, I, I don't know his NXT run. Uh, I would rank that high. But my number one champ NXT champion of all time <gasps> is uh, Finn Balor. And wow, okay. I think Finn with the demon showed the things you can do that were different. I think he had great feuds. I think he had great promos. 
Um, and I think that NXT, you know, this was pre Shinsuke, but it, it, like NXT felt like the most interesting brand in WWE. And with Kevin and Sammy, like they were still had that kind of indie feel, but Finn, because of the demon and his it just movie star looks and the promos he was cutting, like it felt like, holy shit, this is the best thing in all of WWE. And it shows, I mean, look, he got drafted to the main roster, became the first universal champ before injury. I mean, uh, Finn, just in my mind, like similar to what Issa said, it's he's part of the reason I fell in love with NXT, started watching on a regular basis. And I just think, um, you know, him coming back, I, I don't give him culpability on losing to AEW. I think um, his comeback was uh, very magnanimous of him to be willing to even pave the way and show that you're not too big to go back down and uh, help out where you came from. So in my mind, like Finn Balor is the greatest NXT champion of all time. I love that. I love that. And you're not wrong. My number one is, wait, wait, wait. Oh, my, my bubbles failed. But my number one is the only correct answer here, and that is Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke, <laughs> Shinsuke had the it factor for me. I was slightly familiar with him, but I didn't know a lot about him. And I went to NXT in Dallas and I just sat down and watched that match and I knew I was all in with this character. In addition to that, in I, I'm a big fan of the live experience. And I remember watching him win the title and walking out of Barclays Center and hearing 16,000 people just singing his music. The energy that Shinsuke Nakamura brought to NXT was like nothing I ever experienced before him or after him. I still, I still miss all of that. And I mean, he was incredible. He was putting on great matches. The man barely talked, barely cut some promos, and you still didn't care because he had all of that era. It was it was incredible. And he broke Samoa Joe's fucking jaw. Like, how do you do that? Samoa Joe's one of the toughest mofos out there. And, and, and Chinsuke just F him up. So Chinsuke Nakamura is the only correct answer here. That's all. Well, uh, we're saving the best for last. And this yeah, of course you are. You're doing this to just you're doing this to, to get me back. I know what you're doing. I'm not here. getting anybody back. This is my favorite <laughs> NXT champion of all time. Motherfucking Keith Lee is the number one NXT champion of all time. We're not going to sit down on this podcast and have Keith Lee be disrespected. He's the most dominant NXT champion of all time. The only man to win the NXT title and the North American title. The night and relinquish it. And relinquish it. Beat AEW in the ratings. Nobody on this list can say that for the night they won the title. Keith Lee beat Adam Cole. He was never the same. And he was a double champion. And he got the confetti. And it was a crowning moment. NXT peaked as a brand on that night. It was never better and it'll never get there. Keith Lee, if you, if, wait, if you become a double champion, but there's no one in the arena to witness it, did you really become a double champ? Yes, because I saw it and it'll be with me forever. <laughs> what, did you see it when it happened or when it got spoiled online a week before and you were in the moment? <laughs> Didn't Veer spoil it? Isn't, was it yes. Veer the first Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how good it was. It got spoiled, then people got interested in, and that's why they beat AEW in the ratings. It's got to be Keith Lee. He's he's my favorite. He is my favorite champion, and I do think that he was a, a wonderful wow. champion, wonderful statistical champion. I'm actually very surprised at how different our lists actually are. <laughs> very much. So. I want to see them. So, do you have them all written up so that we can see? Like, I, I do, but I, I realized where your mistake was, and your mistake is that you name Andrade twice. Ah, I did. Where, where did I have him on the two list? On the so list? you had him at, 
at number 16 and then you named him again at number like 12. <laughs> oh, that, that is a couple of uh, 16 sounds uh, 12 sounds more right so we'll put uh, you know. I, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will try I will try to, to put this together in the best way possible I will highlight uh, where we made mistakes we're trying we're trying to win it but please get your cell phones out and put a note a reminder because we're doing this next week for the women because this was way too much fun this was fun I had a great time doing this I think we should do yeah it. we're doing it for the women it. just throwing that out there next week I want to know who your favorite NXT women champion is because I actually think that might actually be more challenging than this Keith Lee will be my number one on that list too because he's just that good Shinsuke Actually, I feel like the best thing about the NXT brand, and that's why I love NXT so much, is that you have Shinsuke, Glenn has Finn. I'm sorry, you have Keith Lee, Finn Balor, and Shinsuke Nakamura, and I feel like all of those answers are correct. And that's the that's the magic of NXT, honestly. Yeah. I think I could be convinced either way. There you go. Maybe I got a little petty with Keith Lee, but I I, I think Keith Lee's uh, I think he's up there. I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to offend you, okay? But I didn't like the whole <laughs> I, I I really and that's the thing that soured me because I was very happy for him becoming the double champ. I wanted to see him going to that takeover and be motherfucking Keith Lee and defend both belts. I agree and when with they that. relinquished that, it really for me it really did feel like okay, so the North American title means nothing, or why make right. him a double champ? I mean, it could be worse. You could make him a double champ and he just never shows up on TV again. Hi, Roman Reigns, call me. Ah, but wow, you know, like, <laughs> but I'm just saying, I didn't like that. I think relinquishing is it's almost it's borderline a heel move. You expect mm. a baby face to go in there and, and defend both of these titles. And he didn't do that. And that's really what soured me with Keith Lee, if I'm just being fully honest with you and transparent. As a yeah. champion and as a performer, I loved him. I just didn't like that aspect. And I probably should have not put that into consideration since we're talking NXT championship and that's more of the North American championship here. But he kind of like wanted to become a double champ and then put priority on the NXT title and forgot about the other one, then don't go after both titles. That's the only reason yeah. why. Especially how big of a deal they made about it to where when right. he won it, it was such a big deal only for him to turn around and, and relinquish it. No, I agree with that for sure. So there you have it, folks. Do us a favor. If you are not subscribed to this channel yet on YouTube, please give us a subscription. Uh, we are very close to a very important milestone. Very excited to hit it. Just need uh, like... 500 more subscribers. It's going to be oh glorious. Oh my God, that's incredible. To uh, awesome. borrow a phrase. So uh, follow Issa on Twitter. She's at NYC Demon Diva. That's Diva with a one. Follow Alfred. He's at This Is Nasty. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. And let us know who your favorite, what, what you think about our picks. Next week, we're going to talk about the greatest women's champions in NXT of all time. In addition to covering next week's show, have a great week, everybody. We'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.